Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm Tammy Hooker. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside Plano and just outside of what you might expect. Tell us a story. Tell us a story. We extended that challenge to Plano authors and would-be authors, asking them to submit their interpretations on the topic Dog Days. We picked Dog Days because we're in the middle of August in North Texas, that time of year when the thermometer seems to be stuck in the three-digit range and the unrelenting heat begins to wear thin. We thought a literary break might be just the thing to beat the heat. So you're going to hear from three authors whose pieces we selected out of all the submittals and we'll have each read their winning entry. Let's start with the first, our student submission from Emily Ware. For Emily, a recent high school graduate who's headed off to college soon, the dog days will bring to mind the sweet sorrow of parting. I am Emily Ware. I went to Plano ISD Academy High School and I am going to Oklahoma State University. This is my interpretation of dog days. The summer breeze brushes past as the brazen sun bears down. Our bodies beg to fall into dehydration, but we will not let them. The sun's fiery breath blows softly on our necks as we push forward. As I look into the eyes of the one I love, I yearn for the sweet taste of a cool drink. Yet, I cannot let myself fall into the dangerous habit I have watched so many others die for. Summer, our own dog days. Days spent wallowing in our own wishes, watching as the days pass by us, our futures quickly approaching. The Texas skies watch as we fall for one another, knowing only pain will ensue once summer ends, once school starts, once our dog days come to a close and our love must cease, must cease. A summer love, a culmination of desires, destined for retirement. We know how it will end, we know we'll have to say goodbye, but we want so badly to watch how our story unfolds. We wait patiently for the pages to fall out of the book, for the rhymes to dissipate. Neither of us will be the first to tear apart our love. We're stuck. The glue that folds our story together will not fade right? Time passes, words lose meaning, and our worst fears become our reality, the nightmare we've been waiting for. It's time to say goodbye. Somehow, the one thing we told each other would never happen is happening. Our pages are ripping, our rhymes are letting go, our book is falling apart, our story is ending. It's time to let our love go. It's time to move on. You never want to let go that which you love. You never want to allow yourself to feel what you've watched others feel thousands of times before because you know the outcome. You know the pain. You never want to say goodbye, but sometimes saying goodbye is the best way to say hello. Say hello to a new opportunity, a new beginning, a new love, a new passion. Letting go can be the best way to make sure you are giving yourself everything life has to offer. That's why this summer, in the peak of my dog days, I'm letting myself say goodbye in order to say hello. While Emily's essay paints the picture of a summer romance coming to an end, she says she took some literary license. I don't know, what are you, 18? Yes. 18? Summer and heartache and all of that kind of thing. Is that what it connotes for you? It's fictional. <laughs> 
I'm not actually going through heartbreak. Um, it's just kind of like I am letting go of a lot of the people that I love when I'm moving to Stillwater and saying goodbyes is really hard for me, but I know that I'm you know, gonna have so many different opportunities when I'm up there that it, it, it works, so I'm gonna be okay. Kind of, that's how I got the inspiration and just made it more dramatic. Our next piece comes from Plano resident Richard Goodis. Richard writes occasionally in his job as Executive Director of Account Development at Imaginuity Interactive, a digital marketing agency and consultancy in Dallas. Richard also does a little freelance writing and blogging on the side, and most notably, is the author of a short novel, The Settle In. It's not my full-time job, but I, I have written and published a short novel. It's called The Settle In. The Settle In is a story of uh, redemption, hope, and second chances. And, um, you know, it's, it's about the human condition, ultimately, and how people um, overcome struggles to find who they are and realize their dreams. Richard's meditation on the dog days focuses on his strategies for beating the heat. Well, when I saw the call for submittals, um, you know, I like to write, obviously, and um, I do a lot of writing on my own. I do a lot of writing for my job. Um, and I thought about the summer, and what really st struck me was, what am I going to do this summer to beat the heat, right? Because I think we all struggle with that in August. And there are some things that I like to do in August that other people think I'm crazy for doing. And then there are some things that I have on my August bucket list. So I thought I would talk about those things. The title of this piece is Out In and Under, Beating the Texas Heat. Every summer I hear the same argument around here. It's the heat. No, it's the humidity. No, it's the heat. Well, as a native son of Texas who was raised in Florida, I'm here to settle that argument. It's both. North Texas in August is just dang hot no matter how you cut it. By the time late summer sets in around here, we have usually endured a long streak of cloudless, rainless, oppressively, and unrelentingly hot days. Even a warm weather kid like me gets fed up. But this year, I have a plan, and I'd like to share it with y'all. Here's how I'm going to beat, or at least coexist, with our crazy summer heat. Right off the bat, and no, I'm not suggesting a Rangers game. That would be insane, right? The ballpark in August? Hardly. But I am going to hit the links. Okay. I know what you're thinking. The heat has definitely boiled this guy's brains. He's crazy, but hear me out. There is a method to my madness. You see, I simply love to play golf and I love to play fast. Unfortunately, the two rarely, if ever, go together. And that's where the dog days of August come in, especially those searing afternoons where it's 110 in the shade. On those days, most courses are virtually empty. Greens fees are low, unlike my scores, and pace of play is never an issue. A few words of warning. This endeavor is not for the faint of heart or heat and requires the dedication of a camel crossing the Sahara. But with proper continuous hydration, a stash of icy cold towels, an extra shirt, a visor, and plenty of sunscreen, the heat is bearable, well, almost. What's more, a two and a half hour round of golf right here in Plano is easier than sinking a three-foot birdie putt. I think I'll brand it hot golf. Hey, look at how the whole hot yoga craze took off. The Plano Hot Golf Association, current membership, one. 
I'm not a total glutton for punishment, though. Like all of us in August, I crave the cool. So also on the docket, a few frosty afternoons spent ice skating will certainly take the edge off. That's right, I said ice skating. Since Dallas is home to the NHL stars, a number of Dr. Pepper star centers have popped up, and there is one right here in Plano, which means I can lace up the skates and glide around, or learn to glide, on just about any day I choose. I might even plan a few falls so I can get a little closer to that source of unending coolness. Hmm, I have another idea. I wonder if I can organize a few paw skates for my three-year-old rescue schnauzer Gus and his four-legged friends. They deserve relief from the heat too. These are the dog days after all. I'm also planning a spa-cation. A weekend at a world-class hotel and spa right here in Dallas is something that's been on my bucket list for quite some time and I plan on crossing it off this summer. I'm almost there now. Crank the AC way down, pile on the blankets, order up some room service, and have a massage or two. Bliss. This is also a heat buster Gus can take full advantage of. And while Gus probably won't be sitting around the spa in a robe with cool cucumber slices covering his eyes, he will no doubt be burrowed deep beneath the covers, sleeping and doggy dreaming, while occasionally graciously making himself available for belly rubs and assorted treats. Once the spocation is complete, it's adventure time. Spelunking anyone? I sense many an arched eyebrow right now. Let me explain. Spelunking is the sport or practice of exploring or studying caves. Now that you know what it means, maybe you're ready to get out and spelunk yourself. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Whether you know it or not, Texas is home to several of the country's most majestic show caves, all complete with jaw-dropping natural rock formations, including a vast array of stalagmites, stalactites, and many other inspiring underground wonders. In addition to being active, thriving ecosystems, the average year-round temperature of most caves hovers between a cool 64 and 68 degrees Fahrenheit, making them the perfect retreat from the above-ground sweltering heat. And as an added bonus, the best of Texas show caves are situated beneath the beauty of the hill country. Exploring the caves and caverns of Texas is a subterranean adventure that will enliven your sense of discovery, enrich your scientific knowledge, and provide tons of fun, all while keeping you cool, calm, and collected, as those unfortunate humans on the surface's faces melt in misery. The height of summer also makes it a good time to explore the area's world-class museums, of course, there's the DMA downtown in Dallas, the Kimball just a short jaunt across I-30 in Fort Worth, and so much more. In fact, there is one relatively unknown gem right here in downtown Plano I intend to explore. If you haven't heard the buzz, the 1020 Gallery is an ultra-cool gallery showing the works of some very talented local artists. Hey, as long as I'm already in downtown, a trip to Lockhart's Smokehouse sure seems in order. I don't know about you, but this guy's gotta have a mess of brisket and ribs, even in August. By the way, Lockhart's owner, Jeff Burgess, is also co-founder of the 1020 Gallery. So maybe I'll see you downtown for a double dose of cool art and hot barbecue. Well, that's my plan and I'm going to stick to it, all of it. How about y'all? I'm sure I'm not the only one looking to beat the heat right about now. So let us hear from you. Snow cone, anyone? And yes, Richard really does golf outdoors in the Texas heat in the middle of August. When my shoulder is in good shape, 
I would probably do it every weekend. And the crazy thing is, is that we'll do it um, late in the afternoon. So we'll do it at two in the afternoon um, because that's the time of day when nobody wants to be out. If people play golf around here in, in the summer, it's generally very early in the morning or they may try to get in a late evening round of nine. So if, if you can endure it, two o'clock is actually the best time because <laughs> nobody wants to play. And there are a few people crazy enough to go out and do it. And like I said, if you like to play fast, which we like to do, it's awesome. And when you're playing that fast and you're moving all the time, you don't really have a lot of time to think about the heat. Our third and final Plano storyteller is Plano resident Cindy O'Donnell. For Cindy, the dog days of summer are all about the dogs. If you love dogs, you might want to grab your Kleenexes. Here's her submission. Rex and Ruby, our chocolate labs. Summer is no longer the same without them. They were born together right here in Plano on a summer day in June of 2002. Siblings, I remember picking them up on a steamy day in August, bringing them to their new home, our home. They were always together all day, every day. They quickly wrapped their hearts in with ours and we went from a family of four to a family of six, just like that. Ruby was my storm sensor. She hated those grand old Texas storms. You know those storms, the ones that pop up out of nowhere in the dead of summer with their bold claps of thunder and sharp cracks of lightning. She hated them. Her body would start to quiver and her ears would fold back. She'd follow me closely throughout the house and press into me when I stilled. She wasn't born afraid of storms, but she learned to be afraid somehow. Not sure how that happened, but she then passed it on to Rex. Our backyard pool became their own personal bathtub. As soon as they saw our boys in their bathing suits, they went crazy, eager to get at the pool. There was no keeping them out of it when the temperatures rose. And we all know how high those temps can get here in Texas. When the boys were younger, they would throw toys into the pool and swim with them. Ruby was a tad timid and refused to jump in, preferring instead to daintily tread in at the steps like a lady. Rex was not so timid. He dove in full force. No, really, he dove in, took a running leap, legs splayed out, head down. I swear he had a full-on grin as he went in. We had a red Kong ball that was heavy enough to sink rather deeply before slowly beginning its ascent to the top. Rex would dive in. Seriously, this was a sight to see. And eyes open, he would search about until he found that ball. He dove deep enough that all we could see of him was his tail, which was wagging the entire time he was under. Then he would snap up that Kong triumphantly and head to the side of the pool, where Ruby proceeded to steal it from him. You see, she never did learn to overcome her depth perception. She could not figure out how to grab the ball underwater. So she used her senses and did the next best thing, waited Rex out until she could steal it. It certainly was a sight to behold. As the years passed, our boys spent less time in the pool over the summers, preferring air-conditioned visits to Studio Movie Grill or jaunts to the shops at Willow Bend to hang out with friends. This left Rex and Ruby with their own personal oversized bathtub, which they happily dog paddled in during those hot, hot days. I have to admit, I fought putting in that pool. I grew up with one, knew how much maintenance they took, but it was worth every cent to see how much enjoyment those pups had every year. In 2013, they both got sick. The vet seemed to think it was leptovirus. I had never heard of it, but there is apparently a vaccine to prevent against it, had we only known. 
They got sick near the end of June that year. Ruby first, Rex soon followed. That pull helped ease their ability to move about when they had trouble walking on their own. For a month, they battled this illness. Sometimes it seemed they were on the mend and would make a full recovery. But finally, after about four long weeks, trying to help them maintain their strength, using a syringe to feed them food and water, helping them stand up when they needed to go outside to use the bathroom, they finally succumbed. Rex went first, Ruby was not long after, the same day, only a few hours after him. We had always wondered what one would do without the other. They were born into this world together, they spent their entire lives together, and in the end, they left this world together. As sad as that is, it also brings a certain level of comfort that they remain together to the very end. So as this hot Texas summer settles in, I am again reminded of how much our dogs love that pool. If I look close enough, I can almost see them paddling about. I'd like to think there's a giant pool at the Rainbow Bridge, that Rex is happily diving in, retrieving red Kong balls, that Ruby has shed her fear and is diving in alongside him. I imagine there are no depth perception issues in heaven. It's hard to read it. Yes, yes. And we were out of town when it happened. We thought they were on the mend and we had uh, the guy who worked at the vet used to come stay. And my, we left town. We would never have left town except that my husband's sister had had breast cancer. And so we had not been able to see her. So this trip had been planned for a long time. And so this was our first opportunity to see her. We hadn't seen her over the, hol- the Christmas holidays. So we were debating, well, do we leave or do we change our trip? But it was going to be several months before we we're going to be able to see her again. So we're like, well, it looks like the dogs are on the men. The vet, you know, we had the vet check them out. And he's like, I think I think they're going to be OK. And then like the, the last day or two that we were there, suddenly they just took a turn for the worst. And so it was it was hard to not be there at the end for them. It is kind of nice that they left together. It is, yeah, yeah. Because we did always wonder what, because they were together constantly. Like they slept on each other and they, you know, cleaned each other and they just did everything together. So it was, it was, I guess, sort of appropriate. Every once in a while, both my husband and I swear that we hear them. So I think, I'd like to think they're keeping an eye on us and making sure we're okay. Cindy also writes regularly for her blog, cleansedpalette.com, and is currently working on a series of short stories about her adventures living in St. Thomas the past few years. She calls herself a food geek who aspires to a life of food and travel writing. So I've I've had my blog, uh, Cleanse Palette, since 2009, and it really started more as a way to preserve my own traditions for my boys. I never intended it necessarily to be something that other people would would read initially. And then in the last couple years, I've decided to put a little bit more effort into it. So I've been revising the, the site a little bit, the look of it, and starting to post more. I actually wrote um, a post about how food is sort of like a time machine because you can smell something, you can taste something, and it does take you back in time and it takes you to that place where you were as a kid. You know, like for me, um, I can eat a raspberry and especially when it's like a super ripe raspberry, it just takes me back to being in my grandmother's backyard and talking with her as we picked raspberries and um, just having conversation with her and, and 
it just makes me feel like I'm back in that time again. So I definitely think that food has that element of, of time travel, so to speak. Stay with us now for our wrap up. After all, what's the coolest little on-air join in Plano without sharing a little back corner booth discussion among friends? All right, Mary Jacobs, we're doing our wrap up with just you and me tonight. We've got the red wine. That's right. Let's go. Um, when you concepted Dog Days for this first Storytellers episode, what did you think you were going to get? I thought maybe someone might go canine. I was excited we got a student submittal. Yes, I was too. I really loved Emily's piece. I thought she did an excellent job with imagery. She said, the sun's fiery breath, wallowing in our wishes, uh, pages fall out of the book. I, I really loved the way she used imagery. But I, it also brought back to me how vivid and tender that time of your life is, where you're leaving high school and you're going off to college or maybe to a job or the military, and your world is really wide open in, in the both the good sense and the bad sense. You know, things could really be wonderful or not so wonderful, and you really don't know. And you, you leave friends behind, you make new friends. It's, it's just a really special incredible time of life and and her piece brought that back yeah i thought it was bittersweet i thought it was like dark at first i'm like oh no <laughs> we've got you know it's yeah. teenage turmoil and angst and I drama it was angsty yeah there but, was but, but when she read it i heard something really different and and that's always really interesting how you read somebody's words and you take one thing away and then you hear the author read them and you take something really different away. I started thinking about taking my daughter to college. I thought about, believe it or not, there was a psychology professor who gave a presentation to the parents about the, what he called this liminal stage of life where you're in transition from being a kid who lives at home with your parents and goes to high school to being a semi-adult in a college situation. And, and, and there are a lot of issues around that, good and bad, a lot of opportunities, a lot of ways that kids can stumble um so it just brought a lot back to me it right. helped me a little bit to know that she's not actually going through heartbreak i was when she came yeah. over to do the taping i'm like oh i got oh, kleenexes <laughs> i'm ready to talk you know i'm sure he's a scoundrel yeah you know let me let me we're let gonna me kick his for ass him. for you honey exactly you have no idea so it was not nice. mess with a middle-aged woman <laughs> having a hot flash so she was she was really very calm and it was cool that she went you know she came from the academy she came from the steam academy and the steam academy to me that's like math science math engineering Geeks. science right yeah. so the, the a in steam is small uh-huh but here we go yeah we got a writer yeah you picked all three of them mm-hmm yeah yeah i thought they were all great i i liked richards because um uh, the column that I mentioned that I wrote was about how in the summer there's this sort of feeling of desolation. <laughs> Everybody's sort of holed up. Even A lot of people are gone. But even the people who are here are holed up in their air conditioning. And it's almost like the outdoors becomes this like demilitarized zone. You just get in your car and scurry through it. <laughs> and nobody's, you know, neighbors don't stand around and talk. No, they you don't. start sweating. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Too, it's too, yeah, so the, the, I mean, the heat really becomes... It creates like a hostile environment. So, and I thought he kind of caught that. That's hilarious. It's true, though. I mean, they're e the kids are either in the pool 
or watching TV in the air conditioning. They're not playing in the front yard. Yeah, right? yeah. So you, you and I both out. grew up in the Midwest. Yeah, you don't go outside. Yeah, we, exactly. We played kickball in the summertime. We were out mm-hmm. playing at mm-hmm. night. At least I was. I'm sure you were too. Right. it's mild. And I came from kind of a blue-collar neighborhood, and people did not head out to Colorado. No. I mean, you know, maybe you, went to, went, yeah, maybe you went to visit Grandma, but, you know, so this area feels more abandoned, and I sort of this, like, languidness that kind of takes over this you know, sense of like things being kind of stopped and standing still in the summer. I thought he kind of captured it. He talked about the the empty golf courses, the, you know, used the camel crossing the Sahara. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, it, it really did kind of capture that. I liked where, I also liked where he said, Spelunk yourself, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Funny. <laughs> when everybody came to read their pieces, you know, you had mentioned before that writers can be introverts. Mm-hmm. So the casual conversations that we had prior to and post reading were much more effortless. Mm-hmm. But when it came to read their pieces, most of them were really nervous. Mm-hmm. Yes, reading might be something, reading in front of a microphone, reading in front of an you know, invisible audience might be a little bit intimidating for somebody who's a writer because most writers, including myself, are introverts. And secondly, though, um, there's also something about a first-person piece that you do feel vulnerable when you put your writing out there, whether it's an opinion or an essay or fiction or whatever. So I think that's totally fair because all three of them did tell a first-person mm-hmm. story. And by the way, that go, that that fear goes away after time. <laughs> well, wine, yeah, Age wine. wine. Well, no, right? but also you. After I wrote a number of columns for the morning news, after a while, at first I was I would be like afraid to look in my email box, and I'd see people who disagreed with me, and I'd go, uh, "Well, I'll have to print a retraction." <laughs> you know, I mean, I would just really kind of knocked over by it and then after a while I got like bring it on let's let's it's just a conversation yeah and so you kind of get more inured to that my favorite was Cindy's when we put out the dog days theme I thought somebody might run with a dog part of it and she did but it did have a summer theme as well because she got the dogs in July or August and then they she lost them in in the middle of summer as well I had told you, I told you this earlier when I, when I listened to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the dog version of the notebook. <laughs> I sat there and I'm like, oh, they came in together and they left together. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. You know, um, you know, people really feel the passing of an animal or a pet so deeply. I went to Target the other day and there were 10 different cards you could get for a dog that had passed away. Not just one. In the greeting card? In the greeting card section, yeah. So people are are very, are getting more attuned to it, and so are the greeting card companies. Opportunists. You want to do one again? Do you want to do another storyteller? Do you want to do like a a poetry one or a songwriting one? I think that if we go into poetry, it's a little dangerous because there's nothing worse than bad poetry. (laughs) What makes poetry bad? Well, and I'm not a good judge of that. <laughs> I'd like to do ghosts. That would be a great Ghosts thing. would be awesome. Because you can go, I mean, everybody's life has ghosts. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, everybody has ghosts. So that would be a nice open-ended Oh, and it theme. would be good for the fall. Yeah, yeah. This is Cole Boffin from the Plano Podcast. If you want to find out more information, go to planopodcast.com and click on episode resources. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast. 
tales of curiosity and character. We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to follow us on Twitter at at Plano Podcast and send us your feedback, ideas, and comments. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time.